The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with caller interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Hi, this is Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm me, Dr. Mona Lisa, and this is this week's podcast, The Anxiety, Intuition, Continuum. We're taking your calls during the show for a mini reading question or comment called 207-846-6475. I just took the phone off the hook so I can give you the the explanation of today's show. I will do it quickly and succinctly because this is a second run through. We won't go into explanation because I was nervous. So we, we had a little bit of a snafu. If that's you, today's show is for you. Are you one of these people you wake up in the morning and think, I think something bad's going to happen today. This show is for you. Are you one of these people who gets a feeling of dread, but you don't know why this show is for you? Or do you have a feeling that something bad's going to happen to someone you love? This show is for you, whether you have eczema, shortness of breath, arrhythmias, fatigue, nightmares, insomnia. Now I get the nightmare I had. This show is for you. We're taking your calls again, 207-846-6475 for a mini free mini reading, but shy. Want a private reading? Go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, or call 207-846-6475, 207-846-6475. And remember, subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please, this forum is educational only and is not entitled to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. If you are in an emergency, go directly to the emergency room. This morning, I woke up in a cold threat, sweat, cold threat, cold sweat. I have a new kitten, Minnie Pearl. Also, Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn. Yes, it's a nod to the Southern influence. I couldn't do the same show twice if you put a gun to my head, but that's another story. So I sleep in a narrow bed. We're not going to get into that. We had a flood downstairs and I threw out my queen size mattress in a fit of fury. So I realized that might have been not a, a very judicious movement but nonetheless i didn't throw it out i had somebody else throw it out so now i sleep in this narrow futon with me and four cats which isn't really work well if there is um competing for prime real estate next to me so horatio is got seniority he's like 15 we don't talk about his his name is Horatio Alger. He came over boat from uh, Afghanistan in utero. So he lies to my right. We don't fool with him. He has seniority. Then we have this new kitten, Minnie Pearl. Yes, Minnie Pearl, that is her name. She has a price tag on her hat at all times. So since she's a kitten, she doesn't understand the concept of seniority and caste. So she refuses to accept the fact that she can't just run in and knock people off the bed. So there we are. Rock-a-bye, baby. We're all sleeping. And all of a sudden, I wake up to a cat fight. 
And I'm in the middle of a nightmare, a nightmare. There is such a thing as having anxious intuition nightmares. I had one this morning. What about a radio show? I consider this a radio show. And what was my radio show? I was talking to a bunch of people around a table. Zoom is like a table. We're all sitting at a table, right? This was my radio show. And I had judgment about it. I didn't realize it was prophetic. What an idiot. For me, a dream is never Freudian. It's not interpretive. It's not psychodynamic. It's concrete. It's prophetic. It's unbelievable. It's, uh, it tells you of a potential future if you don't pay attention. I never pay attention. I just go, I must be nervous or something stupid. I never pay attention. I'm intuitive for other people, but not for me. The cobbler's children have no shoes. So suffice it to say, in the dream, which I wouldn't have remembered if there hadn't been a cat fight. So remember that. So uh, Minnie Pearl, when, she, when I get off of this podcast, I have to give her extra kibble because she did me a favor. If there wasn't a big fight on the bed, I wouldn't have remembered this dream. So we're around a big table and it's ready. I'm ready for my Hay House radio show. And I keep trying to connect, but I can't connect. It keeps disconnecting. And the person who used to be Rocky, Rocky at Hay House, I used to always go, hey, Rocky, let me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Nothing up my sleeve. You can imagine, you probably thought that was about as funny as a crutch. <laughs> Whenever I tried to connect, it would disconnect. And I was so upset and I was afraid I'm going to lose, lose the radio show. Okay. So after a bunch of misfires, the show is lost. And I wake up to a cat fight and I'm all upset. As we're recording this, now we are, <laughs> we're not going to lose the show now. But as I'm recording the Zoom now, I'm looking at a picture of a psychiatrist and he is stroking his Freudian beard as he's listening to my dream, but he doesn't have a beard. But if he did, because that's Freudian, Freud would always, as he's listening to someone's dream, stroke his chin as if he was listening to a dream. It's almost like it's Freudian, actually. <laughs> Symbolic. People aren't thinking this is funny, but needless to say. So suffice it to say, the point of the matter is, so the dream or nightmare that I was mad at the cat, I wouldn't have had that nightmare if it went for you, fooling around with the bed. But I didn't realize she did me a favor. She was an intuitive assistant, feline intuitive assistant. She woke me up or I wouldn't have remembered it. And that was, I was able, unable to connect and save the radio show. It kept getting disconnected. Well, the first time I started recording this, I went through a half an hour of this entire show. It disconnected and didn't record. Yep, indeedy. So we had to start all the way to the beginning, but all these wonderful people said they would stay on. And one person said, start again, start again. What a sweet thing that you put yourself through this nightmare. I just said that, pun intended. But that's an example of anxious intuition. I've always told people, you don't understand. I suffer from severe anxiety. No one believes me. I've always been nervous. Since 12, I was fiddling anxious behavior with pennies in the eighth grade. It's first day back after being away from an entire year of having my back fused. Didn't know I was anxious. Teacher did. She said, quit fiddling with those pennies. You're making me nervous. She was picking up my anxiety. So she yelled at me, at which time I started to cry, at which time they sent me to the guidance office. He's supposed to guide me. This is his guidance. You're never going to make it through life if you're this sensitive. Nice. Real sweet. So thus my low self-esteem. <laughs> nightmares. 
my point is, is this. You got nightmares, insomnia, that's part of your intuitive guidance system. You got stomach aches. That may be part of your intuition. Hey, how about thyroid? Anxiety is connected to hypothyroidism. Yes, indeedy. These are medical intuition. We can have anxiety, intuition, continuum, or we can have medical intuition, anxiety, continuum, where you can have exacerbation of asthma, exacerbation of food allergies, colic, uh, viruses, uh, name it, everything. Dry eyes is another one. Or you can be porous or sensitive to other people's unspoken problems. When they're not talking about what's going on, you can carry it. Carry it. There is never a lack of an opportunity to be nosy about someone else's problem and go, you know what? I would suggest they don't want to hear it. So you look at them and you don't say anything, but then you feel for them. You carry cortisol for them and you quite quietly, so neatly suffer for them. In Catholicism, we call that the stigmata. The stigmata. There are a whole group of people who bled when Jesus suffered on the cross. They bled from their wrists, from their mind. Whether you believe in that, we have modern day stigmata. We have people who suffer. Do you know that the number one platform in Miss America is world peace? What is your platform, Miss Kansas? World peace. Do you know that you have an increased risk for breast cancer if you're worried about peace in the world? Because you're worried about something that is inescapably stressful. I can't think of anything more escapable, inescapable than worrying about a child's safety after they leave your house and go to school. Today, especially, or any day, or go to war. People say it's worse now than it ever was. Oh, stop it. During World War I, World War II? Oh, come on. How about Hir Hiroshima and their, no, I can't even pronounce it, Nagasaki? Suffice it to say, if you have intuition, you're anxious. If you're anxious, you have intuition. The idea is how to manage it. It isn't going anywhere soon. On the other hand, it's part of your unique genius that you could capitalize. Or you better, because you'll just say to yourself, God, that was a bad dream. And why are my cats fighting? Because <laughs> if you don't pay attention to it, then you're going to miss something and you're going to mess up. You got to learn how to sort out the anxiety signals, sort out the symptoms, signals and symptoms. Your body's a dashboard. It's got lights. Three weeks ago, we had a pornographer. I amazingly stood on, stayed on the phone. I think I'm tougher than a bag of rocks, but my body apparently isn't. Because I focused on keeping everybody safe and worried about them being traumatized. So then after I watched the tape again and traumatized the police officer, I have her cards still here. I felt bad how bad she looked. And then I got the infected eye. On the way home from the ophthalmologist, I forgot to turn the car off. My car went dead. And by the time that people came to fix the car, it broke out the warning sensor to the rear view latch. So then I couldn't drive the car. It was like a daisy chain of baloney, all because of warning signals in the body. So it's important to listen to the anxiety intuition, medical intuition, continual. Learn how to read the signals. So your body, warning signals, what's real and what's imagined. So I call the mechanic, or you call a medical intuitive, Say, what does this warning signal mean? On the dashboard in the body, there are seven of them. One through seven. First is family. Second is marriage and money. Third is work and self-image. Fourth is children, 
heart, breast, and lungs. Fifth is um, having a voice, having a say. Sixth is how you see things in the world flexibly. Seventh is uh, life-threatening illnesses, perspective, and the screen just changed, and I don't know what that means. I'm a little paranoid. Suffice it to say, I'll just do escape and see what happens there. Suffice it to say, you get like a medical intuition decoder ring. You find out, name the signal, name the meaning. Medical intuition in your body. The same thing with anxiety. If you're feeling all of a sudden something bad's going to happen, I'm nervous, find out who may get injured, you or someone you love, how you may lose help, how you might fail, something like that. And then check the facts. Is this your anxiety or somebody else's? And then what could be happening in the near future about this? For me, I blew it off. Oh, I'm just worried about that. That's nothing. And it meant that I forgot to press the warning bell, the warning button, the a recording button. It was a warning nightmare. Nothing's more of a nightmare than to go through an entire show and forget to press the recording button. Thus, the show got disconnected. That was an intuitive dream. So the idea is to figure out what they mean, sort them out. So I talked about my Monday was a mess. I had a two-hour financial meeting. I cried followed by an appointment with someone whose father was going into DNR. He didn't want him to be DNR. The doctors were pushing him. That was upsetting. Followed by a two-hour reading, which was difficult, after which time I was anxious and irritated. I did not know why. Next morning, all I wanted to do was sort things out. If you have digestive problems, you gain weight, blood sugar problems, this is third center. This is the first area that anxious intuition goes to. It's how, like, how do you go to heaven? You go through Atlanta. I heard somebody say that from Georgia before. I thought it was hilarious. It's a waylay station. Anxiety goes from your right brain, more or less, limbic system, amygdala, the area for spirituality, also faith, the universal antidote, I might add, for anxiety. Medicinal antidotes don't work after a while. You have to up and up and up the dose and eventually you stop working. Why? Because eventually we have to know what the signal is for anxiety or fear because it's life saving. And we have to know what the intuitive signal is. So it makes sense that the universe biology, whatever you want to think, the continuum between both, create this ridiculous system that is difficult, but we have to listen to it whether we like it or not. And it's true, some people are genetically predisposed to a poor warning signal, like an alarm in a car goes off at slightest provocation. Some people are twitchy, Nervous things, like I say, don't you understand I suffer from severe anxiety? Okay, I'm a nervous thing. I understand that. Twitchy, anxious. However, I also am intuitive. There used to be a commercial on TV, which twin has the Tony? So if anxiety and intuition are twins, which one is real and which one is the die job? <laughs> which one is a false alarm? just a chemical in your brain, which you can learn with mindfulness, supplements, and a dollop of maybe medicines behind each ear to manage. Faith is a universal anti-anxiety. That's why almost every form of addiction has a 12-step group involving a higher power, which involves faith. The area for anxiety amygdala is near the area for intuition in the brain, is near the area for spirituality. They are the same brain area, which is why anxiety 
faith, intuition, continuum. But I couldn't put all three in the title of the show because it doesn't fit well on an Instagram tagline. So we just did anxiety, intuition. Suffice it to say, digestion is the first place it goes because like that famous phrase on Bewitched, Frank, I have a sick stomach ache. Frank, I have a sick headache. The first place it goes is to the autonomic nervous system, the adrenal gland, epinephrine, medulla, and the autonomic nervous system, adrenal gland, that has to do with cortisol, the stomach, digestive tract. So you get a stomach ache and you don't know why. So the digestive tract in Chinese medicine, they're smart. They've been smart for thousands of years. Is about sorting things out. There goes a carb, carbohydrate. There goes protein, amino acid. There's a fat over there for the liver. Do your thing with the cholesterol. Have at it. And so on and so on. So the British people, when there's a problem, they say, hey, sort it out. That hasn't quite made its way to the United States yet. But in Chinese medicine, the area for anxiety, the small intestine, meridian, is the area for anxiety, and it sorts out nutrients. And sorting things out in your own way, whether it's writing in a journal, meditating on it in a mindless way, not over, you know, mental masturbation, obsessing, obsessing, obsessing like a gerbil wheel. No, that's not what I mean. I mean like a nature walk, just living the, the breeze flow through the leaves and gently let the thoughts go through. And then all of a sudden, bing, an inspiration goes, I know what that dream meant. I wouldn't have remembered until the Zoom podcast forgot to record. And then I remembered the meaning of the intuitive warning signal. A bit too late, but it makes for a hell of a teaching, doesn't it? And it was just for you. <laughs> I'll use anything as a teaching moment, won't I? I'm going to have a nice ice cream after this. That's all I can say. Some people belly up to the bar and they have some kind of like, I don't know, a Jack Collins or a Sue Collins or some kind of Collins. I don't know what kind of Collins it is, but it's in a rock glass, straight up, or with rocks. I don't drink, but I do do ice cream with gusto. <laughs> My point is, you sort it out. How do you do that? It's a repetitive motion. Repetitive motion, rocking, dancing, twirling, doing the Hail Mary. I grew up, people would do the rosary when they were nervous. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, woman, blessed art thou, thy womb, Jesus. Father Cadoza, every Thursday, and my Aunt Evie's would say the rosary. We would sit underneath the table, and somehow I found it very comforting. And now I realize why. He had the rhythmic barking, <laughs> barking, I might add, <coughs> of an auctioneer. Now, many people wouldn't find that comforting, but in my family, it was because, of course, it was at 9,000 decibels. <laughs> it would be anxiety-provoking if it were calm like this. That makes me very nervous. So someone says, why don't you learn to meditate? That would be anxiety-provoking for me because it would be too quiet. It's like that famous movie, um, Good Morning Vietnam when they're asking Robin Williams to play something on the radio and he's taking requests and the guy goes, play anything, just play it loud. <laughs> it's calming to hear it rhythmically, but loud. Some teenagers need to hear to calm down acid rock loud. In the Ukraine now, to calm down, they play Death Leopard loud or however you pronounce it. One person's anti-anxiety is not somebody else's. So if someone says, why don't you have a peppermint tea or chamomile? And just relax. 
that may not be, as you would say, your cup of tea. You have to find what is your ritual? What is your rhythmic sorting it out? For me, it's sorting out Lego. That would be a nightmare for you. You like all those little pieces? You would say, don't you want to like um, go on serious and turn on contemplative, contemporary music? No, I don't. No, I don't. That would hear make it sound like a bunch of cats screaming. Everybody has something that puts their brain into alpha. For me, it's running or walking fast. In Disney World, hearing kids scream. That's music to me. I want you to find what's music to you and what's contemplative that will help you sort things out. In the midst of that reverie that maybe feels like home, all of a sudden, you'll realize what your intuition is telling you. Oh, that's why I'm anxious. That's why I woke up with that feeling of dread. That's what that stomach ache means. This isn't just me being nervous. I'm not just a nervous thing. This is warning me about that. Well, this isn't my anxiety. This is somebody else's. When I was sorting out my Legos on Tuesday, Lego, I was thinking about, I got real excited about it. The connection, I felt calmer as I was sorting out all these little details that would make somebody else crazy. And as I was basking in this symphony of sand-like elements of these little details, that if you step on one of them, it, it's like stepping on a Barbie's high heel shoe. It's incredibly excruciatingly painful. I thought of those six track tape of Talmud and how anxiety-provoking it is because it's supposed to be order in fact, they say the six orders of the tractate of the Talmud, but they're not orderly. It makes me anxious. The first order of them, order, is called Zerayim or seeds. But there's not seeds. They have like a sock in there, a dirty sock or diapers. And it's like, you don't want to find that. How'd you like to go in your pots and pans section of your house and find someone put a can of uh, an old cat food dirty can in there. They're like, this doesn't belong in there. It's anxiety provoking. It messes up your sense of order. Sometimes we are anxious when our intellectual order about something in our life is messed up. And that's probably the worst time. We hit midlife. We get that nameless, nameless nervousness. It's a restlessness, like the cows before a storm. The cows are restless. Before a storm. Now, how did the cows know there was a storm? Did they get CNN? Did they get Al Roker? And, here's, and now here's the weather in your neck of the woods. No, they don't. They feel it intuitively. And they get restless. Restless is a body form of anxiety. I got restless on Tuesday because we're about to get a hell of a storm. We get restless when there's about to get a hell of a storm in our love life, a hell of a storm in a bank account. It's intuitive. And we get upset when it couldn't be prevented. We try to put everything in order, and then something happens. And we're like, son of a gun, why did that happen? And we get a secondary emotion of anxiety and then anger. And that's where the faith comes in. That when you get anxious, you have to have an automatic thought. You have to run it off, run it up. 
run it out at the pass or head it off at the pass or there's something about a pass. <laughs> Which is whatever happens, I can handle this with my connection with my higher power and the divine and support. I'm going to be able to sort this out because I have faith in me. Because there's a storm coming in. The cows are restless. And so am I. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and this is Healthy Living Intuitively. We've been talking about the anxiety intuitive connection. If you want to know more about the show, you can go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com. If you want a private reading, go to 207-846-6475. If you want to know more about my seven-day class or my individual classes, go to www.drmonalisa.com. I'm putting the phone back on the hook. Does anybody want a reading? You people have been wonderful. Didn't think I'd do a completely different show, did you? I did it again, and it wasn't the same show. Can't do it. Couldn't do it again. Did a completely different show. How can I be of help? All I know is it's going to be a hell of an ice cream cone. It's going to be pot pumpkin. Pumpkin cheesecake. It's a special flavor of Ben and Jerry's. I put chocolate on the bottom. Pumpkin cheesecake on the top. And these kind of jimmies that are dark chocolate. Real dark chocolate. 207-846-6475. 207-846-6475. Operators are standing by. If the cat answers, hang up. Because they don't know what they're talking about. The readings are horrible. Horrible. Yeah. They think they can talk like me. They don't. They think they're Judge Judy, for God's sakes. I, or, or Dr. Laura. Can you imagine? Be a good wife. <laughs> the care and being of your husband. I am Dr. Mona Lisa. You're on the next call. You're live on Zoom. How can I be of help? Hello. Okay, you were talking about anxiety and things happening around you that freak you out. And so I've had a lot, like six months ago, my mom died. And, I, and it said one thing after another all around me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop, stop, stop. Your first name and age? Lavinia, 52. Lavinia. Latvia. Oh, Latvia, like the country. No, like Latvia. And then Enya. Okay. <laughs> and you're how old? 52. 52. You know, it's interesting. I called my Torah teacher. Yes, I'm half Catholic and half Jewish. It's a long story. We're not even going to talk about it. However, I called my Torah teacher and I said, hey, is there such a thing as being cursed? And she said, why? I said, after my surgery, my first floor flooded. Then I couldn't get a pool cleaner. And then my driveway, there's a big hole in it. And after my surgery, I fell in the hole. And then the, the surgery, the wound came apart and it got infected. And then my accountant of 20 years disappeared. And I found out he didn't do my taxes for two years. <laughs> there are so many of these things. My mailbox tilted to the left and it became as crooked as my spine. 
my washer dryer broke. The washer walks across the floor. And there are so many of those things I can't even remember. Uh, when they fixed the floor, they ripped up the tile. So now I'm doing the tile in the bathroom. I can't even remember right now because I'm so absorbed by the fact that I forgot to press the record button. So I asked her, is it possible that I am cursed? And she said, no, you're just having a bad time. And I went, um, well, it definitely is a crisis in faith. I'm either going to die from this or I'm going to be tougher than a bag of rocks. <laughs> For example, I got the basement floor fixed, took me a year, and then moved all these wood cabinets back in. And guess what happened? It flooded again. It flooded again. I watched it as the River Kwai went by me. So I devised a basement buoy system, towel tube system. And since I did that and bought, I don't know how many towels, it's like a condom. It hasn't flooded since, knock on wood. I think it makes you more resilient. What a disasters, Ladia. If I mispronounce your name, I'm so sorry. Lydia. We're just gonna go with, I'm just gonna call you no. the divine Miss L. <laughs> Okay, well, my mom died. Um, we have property in another country. I found out somebody's trying to steal it. I need to send her a death certificate. Can't file a death certificate until we get her birth certificate, marriage certificate, and everything. But since it's in another country, it was never recorded in that country. So now, I mean, this has been going on for months. Um, everything is suspended. The pipes just burst. Okay, all of that. So you notice the similarity why I explained what I did? Because all of this is first center. It has to do with countries, families, roots. It's, it's unstable configuration. Your family was between two countries. Your mother was between two countries. Her life was jerry-rigged. I'm single. I've never been married. My, my life was scotch-taped together. No, I'm serious. You think I'm kidding you? That basement was going to go. That driveway was ready to go everything was on its way out do you understand yeah. so your mother had one foot in one country another foot in the other country she dies and you have to clean all of that together alone and that is unstable plus the fact that it doesn't sound like you have a lot of support i do not Right, so I'm carrying towels, towels, wet soaking towels up and down stairs without a spine. Towels I can't carry. And of course, the dryer died. Of course, why would it not? That's what I meant by one thing is connected to the other. The eye goes after the pornographer, which, which kills the car, that breaks the sensor. You understand? It's instability. That's because this is going to sound terrible. Who gets wiped out most often in a hurricane? What kind of houses? I said most often. I didn't say always. Trailers. Yeah. Because they don't have foundations. And houses that aren't really stable or very old tend to get wiped out. They're the first ones to go. Now, that's not true of the most recent storms that are Category 5, 7,000, 8,000. They're wiping out everything. But my point is the first ones to go are the trailers. Someone told me, why don't you go to Florida and get a trailer? I said, if you lost your mind, you'll be waving 
me and Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Goodbye. My cast will be on, on air balloons. No, not so much. So that's why that's happening. Where was your mother from originally? From El Salvador. Say it again. El, El Salvador, Central America. Right. Did you get it? Did you hear me? Oh, oh, I heard it. I heard it exactly. Okay. So my point is, and I have one. Your mother had an unstable life. You're stabler. Her dying destabilized you. After lightning comes thunder. Seven chakra death. And then it reverberates down to earth. And that's why you get plumbing and all kinds of other stuff happens afterwards. Do you get it? Okay, can I ask you? What Let me just answer one thing. So we think when we get an eclipse that we're cursed, right? No. Yes. No, we just get thrown in the dark so we learn how to live in the dark. It says in the Torah or the allegory, however you want to believe, that we are removed from divine illumination so we learn to live that way for a little bit to get a grip. Oh, yeah? I had to turn off the lights, see how good you do. And you go, oh, my God, I appreciate the lights. <laughs> do you get it? My yeah. point is, is this, is that after feeling really hexed, telling the guy who said, maybe next year he'll do my uh, driveway. I said, he said, I'll give you the deposit. I went, this is how I handle this. I said, no, 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 keep the deposit. If you call me and the phone keeps ringing and no one answers it, it means you don't have to return it. <laughs> <laughs> ma'am, ma'am. I said, no, no, carrying towels upstairs. Any day now. In fact, I slipped trying to get up from the floor. Can you imagine Karen climbing up the stairs? But don't worry about the deposit. It won't matter. Ma'am, ma'am. I said, you have a great weekend. But if you can do it this year, I'd really appreciate it. Have a great time. And then after that, I felt empowered. And then I created the basement buoy system, patent pending. Not available in stores. Operators are standing by. <laughs> My point is, is it illuminated adaptation? And it's been raining cats and dogs since that time. You know what? I say bring it on. I feel empowered. The cat has found a new sleeping place. She sleeps on the towels. I just go downstairs, take my socks off, and say, if it's flooded, it's flooded. And you know what? I'm prepared. Because I learned how to live in the frustration and the hopelessness of it. But before I was anxious, any moment now, it's going to come in. Any moment now, it's going to come in. I have a feeling of dread. And then guess what? The sun came out and dried out the landy landy, but it's pouring outside. That's called living, learning how to negotiate inescapable stress. It's the same world. Gloom and doom. It's just not having pessimism. And learning how to live in the dark. It's still eclipsing. Do you know that there are two types of light? There's a normal light of illumination, the sun. And then there's a normal light. There's another kind of light that is a dark. That There's a normal, another kind of darkness, which is the absolute, absolute dense kind of darkness, which is absence of any kind of illumination. I often wondered how Helen Keller, Helen Keller got through life without hearing the damn thing or seeing anything. Every once in a while, I don't know if everybody thinks this way. Every once in a while, I'm sitting there watching TV, thinking I could have a Diet Coke. I don't I haven't had Diet Coke in years. I'm just sitting there thinking, can you imagine what Helen Keller's life was like? She's just sitting there, nothing, but a genius IQ of 160. Darkness and soundlessness. That's what you got when you go through crises like this. At first, it's anxiety provoking. 
it makes a person with sensory deprivation like that terrifying. But guess what she did? She's a genius and unbirthed, it birthed a genius. How have you compensated with all these terrifying events? How have I compensated? Yes. Um, meditating. I go out and sit in the sun, which I love. Let me hold on a second. I look at your head. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. In the past, I wondered whether you fell, got hits, some events which twisted your neck. I see a change of range of motion in your neck. I look at your heart. I wonder whether your heart rate is faster than it used to be. I can't figure out if you've stopped the medicine, are coming off of the medicine, or something's happening to you that your heart rate's up. I look at your left lung, right lung. I wonder whether you spent time in a smoky environment. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I wonder if you crave carbohydrates, pasta, rice, bread, or sweets. I wonder at one time whether you had body image issues. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, red ovary, and cervix if you still have them. I wonder in the past whether you had a widening of your uterine wall, a capacity for densities lining it. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. You could have problems with blood sugar, insulin, and then ultimately problems with your knees and ankles. Can you please tell me your health concerns? What was the last thing you said? Ultimately, you could have problems with blood sugar and insulin, and then as a result of that metabolic issue, problems with your knees and ankles. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Okay, well, the first thing you mentioned was the neck. I can tell you that I was also just hit by a car. They told my car. Wait, wait, back uh, it up, big girl. Wait a minute, hold on. You were just hit by a car? Yeah, two weeks ago. Re-ended. Not, not physically hit. They, they hit me in, with their car. They hit my car. And how did it hurt your neck? Um, the airbags went off, and it, it really hurt. Like, there's something wrong with my wrist, and my neck bugs me, but I can't really pinpoint it. Um, first of all, you need to go to a neurologist and get it evaluated to make sure it, nothing is, you know, something slipped or anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was going to go see a hand specialist also. Okay, that's fine. But you want to go to a neurologist. They do MRIs and things to make sure that there's nothing going on in the nerves leaving your spinal cord that could be influencing your hands that makes you think that your problem is in your hand when it could be in your spinal cord. Oh, I understand. Okay. Okay, good. I know you know that, but I had to say that again because yeah. denial is a river. I had a year before my neck surgery, I couldn't move my hands and I had finger surgery. Given that I'm a neuroanatomist, you'd think that I would have figured that out, but I didn't want to believe that I knew I had to have neck surgery. Okay, so there we have that. Okay, so because your neck looks twisted. All right, well, can I ask you, would you pick it up only on me because my daughter was in the car too? Say that again. My daughter was also in the car, so I don't know if it's only you're picking up only on me or her. I'm just picking up on you. Okay. See, I got other people on the board here. I can't be reading the whole family. It's not like the vet where you bring five cats in at a time. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just 
pulling your chain. It's been a long day. Remember, I got an ice cream cone waiting for me. Go ahead. <laughs> when I get anxiety, my heart races. Oh, that's the heart rate. Okay, listen. Yeah. Wait a minute. Back up. That's concerning. Because I know what panic feels like. If someone tells me they have anxiety and panic, it feels like a certain thing. It's like you feel numbness and tingling in their hands. Uh, there are, there's this constellation of symptoms, dizziness, vertigo. It starts right from the head. The thoughts go around and around in the circle. This heaviness in the chest, it's hard to take a deep breath. Um, this numbness and tingling. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's, it's a, it starts right in the head with the thoughts going around and around the circle. That didn't feel like that to you. Your thoughts felt like they go straight in the line. You didn't go like this in circles. I'm indicating on the Zoom, a circular motion in the head. You're not like a gerbil wheel. No, no, not like that at all. You know when you're playing with a cat in her abdomen and all of a sudden her rear legs go and she kicks the daylights out of you? That's an anxious brain. It's kicking the daylights out of you. It's torturing you. You don't have, I mean, you may be anxious, but that heart thing is different. You have to make sure you get stress tests because there's something called cardi- uh, takayabu cardiomyopathy. It's the anatomy of heartache. With cortisol and epinephrine, it can cause left ventricular wall changes. And women are underdiagnosed for cardiac issues because everybody just says they're anxious. This is different. Your heart, it's not like you're just a nervous thing because I would have picked up that syndrome. And I'm not giving you a diagnosis. I'm simply saying. Right, I'm not a nervous person. Right, good. So that I'm, I'm correct in that regard because you didn't feel nervous. Even though the show's about anxiety, you would think I was thinking, oh, here's another nervous person, line two. They're incoming wounded. It wasn't that way at all. It felt, up. Oh, the cats are coming in. They're like, wait a minute now. This show should be over at 621. It's time for my kibble. No. All I'm saying to you is that you don't sound like a nervous, anxious thing. And so um, that heart thing, you need to keep on top. That heart rate is fast. And panic is episodic heart going up. Do you understand? What did your mother die of? Um, you wouldn't have seen it on the outside because she's very tough. But when I brought her in, she had pneumonia in the right lung. She had um, two leaky valves. I think she had an infection in her kidney. Um, that might be all, but Okay, wait a minute now. You know, when I brought my cat Tammy in this summer, this is not what's going on with you, so just don't think. Tammy is the sweetest kitty. Her name is Tammy Wynette. She was the kind of cat that would sit on your neck and you'd wake up and her paw would be on your chin and make you want to cry. So one morning I come up and Tammy is not upstairs. She's always screaming for food. So I went downstairs and she's all rolled up in the cat chair. I mean, the cat tree. And I looked at her and I went, oh, this is not right. Now, I'm not a nervous Nelly. If the cat doesn't look right for a day, you know, maybe they're out of sorts. They need to sort it out. Maybe they had a bad dream. You know, the whole thing, cats get anxious too. However, this was different. A friend of mine was visiting with cancer. I said, I felt bad about this. I said, I'm taking the cat in. I mean, it's one thing when your friend has stage four cancer. And you're acting like a nervous Nelly with your cat won't eat. I mean, it's really kind of bad. But I said, my cat's coming in, going in. I have to go to the vet. So I took her in and the doctors looked at me. They held her. They did all kinds of tests. Her liver enzymes were four times normal. And they said, cats can hide things. I said, what are you talking about? Within 16 hours, she was dead. Your mother was like a cat. Cats can hide things. She has large cell lymphoma. I couldn't believe it. 
I could not believe it. Oh, that's the other things. You know, of course, I had two concussions before the, the next surgery. That cat died of lymphoma. I spread her ashes on my birthday. And then her sister got Graves' disease, which I diagnosed when I took her, them in for a wellness check. I told the vet who was very young, I want you to order LFTs. <laughs> it's an old thing because she lost weight. She ended up having Graves' disease. And when I got her to get care at another place, they found lymphoma, small cell. My point is, and I have it, she's lived for a very long time. But that's why I felt cursed. Are you following me? Are you there? Cats hide things. You can learn something from your mother. Do you know what it is? No. Through your mother's gift, death, you can learn not to be so stoic and cover up your symptoms in your body. You may have anxiety. It's part of your intuitive guidance system. And your body may respond to nervousness. It's supposed to. We have warning sensors in our cars. That's why they're there. That's why we have airbags. But you're not supposed to ignore them and keep driving. Your mother did, and she had four organs that were down by the time she got to the hospital. Do you understand? Yeah, and she didn't want to go. I forced her to go. Right, so I'm forcing you. Okay. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. That's not being hexed. That's life. Incidentally, Loretta Lynn, this is interesting. Getting diagnosed with small cell lymphoma. You want to hear something? I thought that was another hex, right? Okay. Then I tripped and fell and I lost my legs. I was very upset. So I thought oh, I'm hexed. As I'm lying there on the beanbag, I don't want to fly all the way out to Phoenix, Arizona and get steroids. Guess where I got the steroids? From your cat? <laughs> In a pinch, because I couldn't get to the doctor. Prednisolone and the cat, it was the same dose and strength. Hey, it was a weekend. What can I do? <laughs> You're a doctor. You can do that. I, I wouldn't suggest it. Nobody else do that. It was a weekend. I couldn't walk. And I couldn't go to Arizona, Phoenix. And no one could handle me here. I'm fused from C2 all the way down. I swallowed a kitty treat and it worked. Do not do this at home. She had the same dosage, the same medicine. I went son of a gun. Silver lining in a cloud. Loretta and I are joined at the prednisolone. We're also joined to get Graves disease. I have Graves disease too. Who knew? Did you get it? The silver lining is that your mother will teach you to not wait so long. And it begins and ends at that heart. Did you get it? Because she had two yeah. valves that were blown. That's cardiac disease. You've got a high heart rate there. We'll call it a day. Got it? Yeah. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You people have been wonderful. Thank you so much. I want you to focus on intuition and anxiety and understanding that anxiety and phobias may be the most common brain symptom, but it is also part of our unique intelligence. Thank you so much. You have a great day. I love you people. I will see you next week for another installment of Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Bye-bye now.
Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.